0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweets.
1: And welcome to Suplex Retweet Extras. Answer to backlash. This is the greatest show. This is the raw report. I am Ross McLeod, and as always, playing the bearded lady to my barman is Jack Graham. Jack, how are you
0: <laughs> You couldn't even have said at Everyone's character, you know, the dashing young good-looking up in car, but not you went straight to the fat bearded lady.
1: Cheers. I, I mean, I've, I've, we've been doing these over voice calls. I've not seen you in video call. I don't know if you've grown a beard at this point. Uh, if I could grow a beard I would I'll just leave it at that it's all right.
0: you'll
1: hit puberty Monday and as always as I mentioned this is Suplex Retweet Extra on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and Android, you can use those platforms to listen to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet our main channel, at Suplex Retweet on all social media and as usual if you can't remember any of that which I very rarely do suplexretweet.com that's where you find all those links. So, we just got to dive right into Raw here. I just bar in, mate. Just bar in. Another building, Raw. Um, some good stuff. Some draws, which we'll get into. A um, couple of wee things before we start, though. The crowds are back. We've got a couple of uh, WWE Performance Center <laughs> talents and NXT talents making up the crowd. What were your thoughts did you think this added to or took away from the show?
0: I think it a, a bit of both. I feel that obviously AEW are able to get it kinda get they have it perfect, that pretty much the their roster that aren't in a match or fighting or just even scheduled to be in the show are just at ringside watching just kinda of heckling what's going on. But with what WE have done, they've put up the the glass pane across all the barricades. So that's kind of kind of a bit of a Bit of an eyesore and watching it, but obviously I can understand the spread of the virus, fair enough. But it's like NXT d- developmental talent, uh, apart from like Shotzi Blackheart, there was there. I didn't really know notice anyone else I know, it's just kind of nobody's, which I feel was like. I mean, I get they trying to build atmosphere, but when you've got another show that's able to put like main stars just standing out there watching, like, why can't they do the same for uh, this? That would be, I, I'd, I'd add a bit more to for me, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I don't know if it's maybe died a death, but um, the superstar invitational or the brand-to-brand invitational, no SmackDown styles on Raw this week. Well, there was Bliss and Cross, but they are obviously allowed to go to any brand as women's tag champs. Is that maybe just died a death or are they just deciding, right, we said it's only allowed four times a year, we're going to spread it out.
0: I I don't know, it's a, they've, they've not really explained it well, because I don't know if it's just four times throughout the year that a person from another brand can come over, or if it's like four individual talents and can just appear any time in the other brand. I, I don't really know, because I was like, AJ Styles is maybe just part of this brand invitation now, he's just permanently on Smackdown. So it's a it's a strange one, I think, maybe they've just kind of thrown it in the bin.
1: It's weird, but then again, when you listen to the Ryans on Anyway Back to the Wrestling, I mean, the last thing we need is Baron Corbin being allowed to go to more brands. For Christ's sake! Well,
0: I mean, I, I would say listen to them, but you you, you wouldn't know, and then put a show out for this week's SmackDown. No, I'm, I'm I'm just saying.
1: As usual, as usual, we are here, class, but expected. Um, so we move right into the dross of uh, of Monday Night Raw this week. And we, we got another, they were doing so well with Love Morgan. Uh, but then we've seen yet another taped vignette. Love Morgan's living her best life. Uh, Jack, do you care? No. And
0: I don't. I, I, cared, I cared for quite a bit until last week or the week before whenever it was When that first promo package came when it was uh, her mum inspired her to lose to Charlotte Flair or whatever she was saying, I don't know. I didn't even watch this week's version of it. I was just
1: like, I can't can't be bothered. Yeah, total nothing promo. Just generic white meat, Rocky Maivia, baby face promo. Um, But from moving on, eh, someone who has been given bad material to just someone who is a complete and total douche, which is Rob Gronkowski, who you might have forgot is the 24-7 champion. He's won the title at Wrestlemania, R-Truth's been calling out the past few weeks, Gronk appeared with a stupid spiky haircut, stupid fucking eighty shades, I said I wouldn't go on a rant this week, Jack, I'm trying to control myself here, and <laughs> <laughs> tells R-Truth that he welcomes him, like he welcomes the chase, I've heard that before somewhere, and you could tell the entire time, as you mentioned before we went on air, he's not looking at the camera, he's looking just below the camera. He's definitely reading this entire thing off the teleprompter. Like, I know footballers get, you know, concussions and all that, but surely, fuck, a man who was a college footballer has a college education of some standard and knows how to read. Could we not have got him to memorise this fucking promo?
0: Uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty piss poor, poor, especially with the kind of like technology that's in place now that like like most TV hosts and that they, they don't know their script they've got their script in front of them but they can still keep eye contact and just kind of go for that but he's not being able to do it. and you can just tell he kind of even kind of emphasise words a bit more where it was kind of a cue to like move or like bring bring like glasses in from a turn round to point at the back of them it I was just it was just a load of shite mate Absolutely,
1: the shite. It reminds me of the 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 ICW one. Point to sign. Am I not meant to say point to sign? <laughs> <laughs> or have you have you ever watched Derry Girls? No, I've not. It's um, <laughs> the head teacher goes up and goes. I've been asked to announce this year's Euro trip. This year's Euro trip will be long pause. And then she just turns. Did you want me to do the long pause? Oh, interesting. And then just completely no sells it. Um but yeah, Gronk back on T V, at least in vignette form. Hopefully R-Truth gets the title back soon and we can go back to like some shenanigans and maybe freshen up the twenty four seven title a bit.
0: Nah, it's definitely needed. It's just kinda it's been forgot I forgot about it until R-Truth said that like he wanted the title back when he lost to Bobby Ashley, Money in the Bank.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, and obviously Because we so clearly wanted it They clearly listened to the Raw report And have given, gave us more of what we wanted Golf um, <laughs> It's the third instalment And from Angelo Dawkins' words of We are now 2-1 up It does not sound like it's the last I was hoping you'd say that we've won the best of three We've had basketball We've had axe throwing we now had golf street profits versus uh the viking raiders
0: oh, so, so bad <laughs> it was like oh, they were they were doing the whole thing in the golf course first and then they were tearing up the course and they were just causing like havoc they were breaking golf course causing and that and they got kicked off then they ended up playing mini golf and then street profits won and then ivar I think it was I, and he started pulling stuff out the hole. It was like a, a wallet, a red cup, then a turkey bone, and that was it. It was, I was, I, I didn't see any kind of promotional thing for the entire week weeding into this raw of there going to be some sort of sport off to see who's the, who's the better team. So I was thinking, oh, maybe we're not going to get anything. But then I, I woke up during the night, it must be a quarter past two, to your brother messaging me, saying, oh, you're going to love talking about this tomorrow. It's just a graphic and then to teams with the golf and I was like I can't believe I've woke up at this time to this message
1: You obviously woke up like there's a disturbance in the force I must investigate
0: (laughs) I was so I went went back to sleep so annoyed I was like I can't believe I went for a full week I think I'm not going to have to talk about it to then knowing that it's going to be there but it was back to the levels of the basketball shit the the actual was kind of funny but this was just horrible
1: yeah, well, you said you looked forward to not talking about it. We've pretty much covered it, so I'm not going to make you cover it. No, <laughs> oh, thank God. I think I think we'll move swiftly on to something that does bring you a bit of joy, and that's Seth Rollins. Oh, um, my boy, <laughs> my
0: boy.
1: <laughs> So Seth Rollins, he's and booted, looking dapper. A dapper da. He's going to be a dapper da. He uh, he says. Ray Mysterio's last act referenced the fact that two weeks ago he injured Ray Mysterio's eyes on the steps. Ray Mysterio's last act was a brave one, as it allowed us to move forward to the future, and as a great shot, as he says, future, he stretches his arms out, and Murphy and Austin Theory, the newest disciple, walk into shot, and you're like, oh, that, that this this stable is starting to look really, really cool. Murphy says he needed guidance and Seth Rollins gave him that. Austin Theory says he thought he had friends, now he has a family and he thanks Seth for that and just another knock it out the park promo from Seth Rollins and I look I look forward to seeing where the stable goes I
0: enjoyed it It's, uh, it's kind he's, he's managed to bring back to life the character again. Well, what we thought we were going to get a split personality is to bring back to life the old character it somehow seems better than what it was before with the kind of Owens feud. Especially since like his two big feuds with this character has been Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. And he's lost both of them. Yeah, he comes out being bigger and better each time. I, I don't know what anyone else has been able to do that.
1: It's the... I think the sort of character that he's playing the you know the deluded heel that thinks he's the good guy it sort of it works when he loses as if he just oh that was part of the plan that was part it's all in the plan you know I mean like he's just he's so deluded and I think that works well that he can lose match obviously you know For years, they said, oh, well, it doesn't matter if Sami Zayn loses or Dolph Ziggler loses. They look good when doing it, and then it got to the point where, like, right, we don't care about these people anymore. So I'm hoping they don't go down that route with Seth Rollins. But at the minute, the character he's playing doesn't need to win every week because, like, the feud with Owens and Drew, like, were, you know, multiple, four-on-one with Owens, two-on-one with Drew, and then when he got cornered as the cowardly leader one-on-one, he lost you know what I mean I think that sort of storyline plays into that
0: I think also um, I think I enjoy the character a bit more when he's not wrestling so seeing the the way he's kind of being just the he's at ringside in his gear like how he recruited Austin Theory and then we'll talk about like in the match that follows later on the way his, his, his whole aura about him it just oh, it's just it's just brilliant
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, Rollins, as you mentioned, not wrestling this week. He's in the manager role. Theory and Buddy Murphy take on Alistair Black and our favourite wrestler on the podcast, the, the ever vanilla Humberto Carrillo. Um, a good back and forth tag team match and something I'd said about uh, Austin, Angel and Andrade... As soon as their stable got together, they were losing every week. This is the first week he's in the new stable officially, and Austin Theory picking up the big win, hitting the finisher. Alistair Black might not have been pinned, but he's not lost a match since since AJ Styles really. So it's a big win for them. You know, I mean, it means something even though they didn't pin Black. You know they've managed to beat Black, and it it gives the storyline something else going forward. I
0: I enjoyed it. It was it was was good that it was the new disciple that kind of got the victory as well, like as if it was like kind of a a, a prove yourself kind of moment. And then like he's able to get the kind of big win and kind of show that he's like a valuable asset to Rollins, and even like the kind of when Rollins came into the ring to congratulate him after, it's like he recognised it like straight away, kind of going up to him, like on his head then raising his hand high and whatnot they didn't like the referee he kind of do the thing for the winner he came in and was like no these are my people these are the, the ones that will take us into this new age type thing
1: yeah and after the match um, they beat down Humberto Humberto is the cheek to try to fight back so they drag him out the ring Black goes to make the save and Rollins warns him do not come near or the kid loses an eye and he, he shouts again, what Rey Mysterio did was for the greater good. Rollins has got a mask with him. He's got Rey Mysterio's mask with him. He's been taunting him. And did you see the thing on WWE's Twitter?
0: Yeah, yeah Seth Rollins is hosting the retirement ceremony for Rey Mysterio. Is
1: yeah. That the Rey Mysterio- my yeah. I'd I'd quite like to see um I know obviously we're in an age where We want everything instantly. But do you you remember the John Cena AJ Styles feud where they held off on the Cena Styles SummerSlam match for a month and instead gave us like end zone casting Cena versus the club? I'd be quite happy to see Rollins and his disciples take on Black, Humberto, and Rey Mysterio at Backlash and then maybe like Extreme Rules in a big stipulation match or at SummerSlam. See Ray versus Seth Rollins. I'd, I don't think we're in a rush to get it.
0: Yeah, it'll be a good kind of a, a slow burn. I'll keep, I'll keep like all involved, kind of, in and a good storyline going forward to SummerSlam where they could like they could all go in
1: different routes. Hold on, we can ring the fantasy booking alarm here because I've just thought of something. Oh, <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, no, I was thinking maybe if we do the six man tag backlash. Ray in a stipulation match against Rollins at Extreme Rules, and at uh, SummerSlam, Aleister Black eventually gets his hands on Seth Rollins, and we get Black versus Rollins in a one-on-one match. I would be all for that.
0: Yeah, that'd, that'd be good. But like, is that is that where you leave scope for the Ray Mysterio heel turn? Is that am I finally going to get that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's much thinking, to
1: be fair. Aye. Like, he's... I don't think he's a natural hero, I think. Just anyone that wears a mask and, you know, runs a bit like a superhero isn't a heel, I don't think, you know what I
0: mean? I think it's more like... What if this the story could be like going to retirement, like, kind of just a desperate nature he could get to, like, he doesn't want to be like a bastard, but he will be, if
1: need. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, I get you. Um... We'll move on for Seth Rollins to the women's title scene at the minute. Um, Asuka was a guest on the Kevin Owens show, an actual invited guest. Doesn't interrupt her like the other three. Uh, Asuka's ranting in Japanese and Kevin Owens is just selling it beautifully. Like, absolutely, I agree with you. Or well, maybe don't use language like that on my show. You know, just completely no-selling the fact that he does not have a clue what she's saying. As usual, we had WWE talk show. It's never the guest, it's always everyone but the guest. Charlotte, Natalia and Nia Jax. All interrupt. Um Kevin Owens in this segment I thought was absolutely great. It was just the wee things he was doing. Natalia comes out, she wrecked the set last week. As she comes out, Kevin Owens carefully moves his stuff. As Nia Jax comes out, as she goes to get in the ring, Kevin Owens goes, Wait, 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 wait. And then he gets out the ring. <laughs> obviously, still having trauma flashbacks for the Seth Rollins feud, uh-huh. uh, and just he mixes it beautifully in this segment.
0: He's just someone like you kind know, of understands the kind of the game that's being played, and it it's like it's just great character work that would often go unnoticed by many other folk.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously, we mentioned Natalya, Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair are going to be wrestling a match later on tonight. Um, they all basically tell Asuka you know, I'm going to win the generic, I will beat you Charlotte Flair mentions you know, Wrestlemania 34 and the Smackdown before Wrestlemania 35 she beat Asuka for the Smackdown women's title, so she's going to do it again for the Raw women's title Natalia cuts I don't know what pro a generic promo, it's Natalia. and then Nia Jax you know, basically warns Asuka I'm going to do it to you what I did to Kyrie saying last week And then Kevin Owens just says Asuka, whatever you do Don't hit Nia in the face To which Asuka hits a massive back elbow <laughs> To Nia Jax Knocking her out the ring Charlotte takes down Natalia. And all chaos just ensues Building us up for the match As we come back for the break
0: Hi, it's uh, The I was enjoying the, the Kevin Owens show up until the point of the three crash that then just became dead boring for me and just kind of cliche. I was, I, I just, I wasn't a fan. Charlotte Flair I, I enjoyed, but Natalia's just boring as fuck and I hate Nia Jax. So like, it's it's hard. it was hard for me to enjoy it because when I knew that one came out, that the other two
1: were going to come as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a very overused trope. Like, you know, you see it every Money in the Bank, every time Money in the Bank happens, you know, say it's like Miz TV with, you know, Money in the Bank favourite Randy Orton, you know, for a fact, you know, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, whoever else is in the Money in the Bank is going to come down and interrupt it, you know what I mean?
0: Uh, it's, it's something that I'm easily getting bored of. I get that it's a good way to set up, like, the match later on the night, not on ads, like, a bit of, it's meant to have a bit of interest in it, but ugh, not for me. It's just become a bit formulate, formulate. Formulaic? formulaic, formulaic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 whatever. Whatever the word is, uh, that's
1: not what I'm saying. I, I know, obviously, they wanted to maybe look, fill TV time and make Nia look like she deserved to be number one contender. I think it was pretty obvious with the, the promo the week before and uh, last week when she attacked Kyrie that it was going to be Asuka versus um, Nia Jax. But I'm just a bit puzzled why Natalia, who got battered two weeks in a row to Shayna Baszler, is in the match. And why Charlotte Flair, who is the NXT champion, was also in the match. Like, it was just, like, could we not have done, you know, Kyrie, maybe? Sorry, Kyrie versus Naya and, you know, if I beat Ka- if I beat Kyrie one on one in a straight up match, I get a shot at your title. You know what I mean? Like, there was no need for the other two to be here.
0: You know, you know what the worst of it, worst of it is, is that fair enough? Charlotte didn't get pinned or whatever, but she lost to Bailey and SmackDown as well. So that's like two kind of big. Fair enough, it was like it's shenanigans the way she lost on SmackDown, but that's two quite big losses to take as a champion. I feel.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird how, obviously, the NXT stars, or I say the NXT, the people who represent NXT are constantly look, poorly booked on Raw and SmackDown. Like, you've got Akira Tozawa, you know, running a mock and the Cruiserweight Interim Championship tournament, and then every week he's losing on Raw to, you know, Lashley, to Jinder Mahal, to Andrade, you know what I mean? Like, he's not losing to jobbers, but at the same time, like if you're gonna try to present this guy as a champion, why is he losing to everyone else, you know what I mean? I
0: ah, it's just that. it's just a weird one, especially when like share probably would have filled that role so much better. That like I don't know, it's just it was it was a confusing one, especially when I saw it announced, I was quite bewildered.
1: Yeah. Funny, you obviously, you mentioned Shayna there. Um, Obviously, all three women in that match come from uh, famous wrestling families. Shayna Baszler put a tweet when it was announced she wasn't going to be in the match. I'm just looking for it now. There you go. Unfortunately, I didn't have relatives to climb the ladder for me, so all I can do is keep winning until I get there myself. Which I like that. I like that because... We've been honest on this show before. I, I think Natale is only there because she's still got the, the Hart family name. She uses Bret Hart's music, for Christ's sake. Right, of course. It's, uh, she, she's ran,
0: ran the length of her tether, I think. I think, mm. I think she's no- knocking in the door
1: of weaving, I think. Well, Shayna then put up another tweet. Uh, she's put up Flair, heart and Rock all will it lines through them and then she's just put Baszler standing above all. Like I I like this. Like I like the fact that they're building her slowly and you know she's just a proper pissed off challenger who's gonna just keep kicking the shit out of people. Like I I think SummerSlam is when they're gonna, you know, have the title put on Shayna. And I think maybe the following SummerSlam because she's held the We've seen the Raw Women's title held for over a year by Becky Lynch. We've seen, you know, Shayna hold the NXT title for well over a year. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility to maybe Shayna to go SummerSlam by SummerSlam and Becky Lynch to make her big return at SummerSlam 2021. Maybe do the rematch for WrestleMania. See, to be honest, that's probably the only way they
0: can actually go because besides then... They're They're involved in the women's Tale picture now. Charlotte, Sheena, Natalia, Nia Jax, Asuka. There's literally no one else.
1: Yeah. Um, what I will say is, we, we've mentioned the SmackDown Women's Division before. We've mentioned, obviously, the Raw Women's Division is a bit better for like for depth. But I think a lot of people are sort of constantly fighting the same people. I think when the Superstar Shakeup happens. Raw SmackDown women's divisions need. First off, they need to get rid of the likes of Tamina and Natalya. In my opinion, they've went as far as they can go. Those people, but they need a bigger talent pool, and they need to like, shake things up a bit. Like I wouldn't be against maybe Shayna Baszler going to yeah. SmackDown, and being the person to dethrone Bailey. Because at this point, who dethrones Bailey? She's held the title almost a year at this point. So, someone like Shayna Baszler going in would add credibility to it and would hurt the fact that, oh, by the way, Bailey's held this title nearly a year and then she's just lost it, you know what I mean? And I think there, there's too many people constantly facing the same people or constantly jobbing out. I think the superstar shakeup is really important for the women's division at the minute because there's so much talent there, but it's not getting used.
0: Yeah, but I just fear that when they if they do that, they won't get rid of your Natalia and Nia Jax. They, not, not Nia Jax, I'm sorry. And that when they do draft them, so to speak, say Natalia say gets drafted to the SmackDown, they'll be branded as a big deal. And you know it'll be branded as a big deal. And she'll be on for a couple of weeks. She'll be in a kind of short feud for the first pay-per-view, then she'll go on to obscure it again. And we're just going to stop
1: in the same position as always. Yeah, it's... She's... Like we talk about the miz is always like traded in the superstar shakeup because he's someone that can go brand to brand and you know constantly have good entertaining feuds with just about anyone whereas natalia she's traded every time and it's just a case to go look natalia's on this show look natalia and basically what it's doing is look natalia's still here no, it's like, don't forget that like She's a she's a heart member and she's still
0: wrestling type thing. It's just it's living in the name, isn't
1: it yeah basically. Um Naya picks up the win obviously by pinning Natalia, no surprises there. Um Naya versus Asuka at backlash. Asuka with an easy win at backlash, do you think? Right, definitely. There's
0: Naya's a good kinda filler feud to get before Shena, I think. I've
1: I've got a fear that maybe with extreme rules round the corner and with no one to really feud with, uh, Asuka before the Shayna Baszler match that we think we're getting at SummerSlam, I either see Kairi Sane returning and costing Nia Jax and I'm basically going, oh by the way, it's going to be a, a it's going to be a, an extreme rules match or a no DQ match or a cage match, extreme rules oh, we're going to keep getting this little huffy Natalia and we're going to get some sort of stipulation match with Natalia and Asuka at Extreme Rules. And honestly, neither of them fill me with any sort of excitement or joy to see. Nah,
0: nah, neither. Everyone's just kind of... Everyone is just waiting for the eventual Shayna moment of winning the title and it's kind of... I feel that it's dragging over the, the kind of women's division a bit because like there was also nothing else happening and everyone's just going to yep. wait for that moment so another week another week closer until we eventually get Shayna coming up Shayna's going out of the match maybe she would get the title so that's that's all it is it, like the talk more so was more about Shayna not being in this match than the actual match itself
1: yeah yeah no I absolutely agree but We've sort of ranted and raved about the state of that women's division enough. Um But a women's segment, we did like a women's title segment that we were really into. In fact, former Saturday Draft Live host David Campbell messaged me and said, he is like, this is the feud he is so invested in at the minute. And having not seen it or not read about it, I thought, can I just sit on," You know, David, like, come on. I watched it before we went on air. I'm 100 percent behind them here. I really enjoyed this. The iconics we saw last week showing a bit of a, a bit of a darker side, you know. Peyton Royce lost her temper, got disqualified. Billy Kay lost her temper with Peyton and slapped her across the face. The iconics are out in the ring, they're doing their usual stick. Nikki and Alexa come down to the ring, Alexa telling her, guys, you've been handed every opportunity. It's not our fault you didn't take it. And they go to cut Nikki Cross off and she goes to speak and says, just stand there and look grateful. And Nikki Cross cuts an absolutely great promo. She basically says, no, don't tell me to be grateful. I already am grateful. I left Glasgow with nothing, no friends, no money. Alexa keeps me from bouncing off the walls. She keeps me focused. She keeps me as a women's tag team champion. And I like to think we've taught each other about friendship. And just as this look nice, you know, deserves a big round of applause speech ends, the iconics who usually would have laughed in her face or, you know, made fun of her for, you know, being so soppy just go bang a mic shot to Alexa Bliss. They then totally lose it. They kick the absolute living hell out of uh, the tag team champions. And now I'm actually really intrigued to see where this goes. Uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross have really brought an interest back to the women's tag team division I think and the Iconics being back means we can start to build an actual women's tag team division and just the whole segment we start to finish I really enjoyed
0: Yeah it was uh, it's just added to kind of the unpredictability of the Iconics now the I think it's, it's safe to say that as much as like, kinda everyone enjoyed the iconic gimmick. It kind of the the smoky kind of in your face, annoying you, kind of grinding on your gears type thing. It was it ran its course, but and they were they were always kind of heels slash faces. They just kind of did what they wanted. There wasn't really a able to define them, but the unpredictable nature they've got now makes the, the team so much more interesting it's something that I feel it'll work very well and the fact that like not that the slap have been, has been forgotten about last week but they've kind of channeled that and using it against like Alexa and Nikki makes like
1: the storytelling all the more better yeah absolutely um, and obviously I, I like how they didn't just bring them back this was a this was a sort of thing in the men's tag team division for a while where it was just a sort of thing like a new team would form. They would win one non-title match against the champions. They would then win the next week against the champions, then beat the champions in the rematch. They would go forward. There would not really be a tag division. And then the same thing would happen to them. Two challengers would come together, win a match, win the title match, and that'd be it. And I'm glad it wasn't just the Iconics are back and we've won the titles. You know what I mean? It's It's been... It's been built, and as you said, that gimmick they used to have—it did run its course a bit. You know, it had a shelf life. It had a limited, you know, time where you could just kids on week on, on NXT TV where they went on every week. It lasted nearly two years, but you saw in the main roster after about six, seven weeks, the whole mean girl, we're iconic, you're not sort of thing. It kind of ran its course on weekly TV.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, they... I, it, ran, it ran its course, it was definitely it was something fresh, but folk were always enjoying it because they played the kind of... Being the kind of... Oh, it's the end folk on my TV again so well. And especially, like, Billy Kay, just also she was able to kind of meme anything. And it made that kind of made it work and added had a bit of flavour to it, but it was just a bit stale. But this, this is something... Something new, but still kind of keeping the character old as well, and knowing the how ferocious it could be, like this has potential to be like a very like proper like intense gripping match. It could it could be that like, easy to be like one of the best matches on the pay per view card that it goes on to.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree with you there. Um Speaking of best pay per view matches. What about the greatest pay-per-view match ever? What about the greatest match in the history of the world? Edge versus Randy Orton being billed as the greatest wrestling match of all time. Uh, We got an Edge promo this week. He says he was retired for 3,212 days. In that time, Randy Orton was in 1,126 matches. You know, Right, you're just a, a wee side note, we talk about you know, the schedule of the Superstars. That is a frightening statistic. Orton you know, is in a match nearly every three and a half days. Like that is, uh, even just, when you say like that, it's just it's mad, isn't it? It's mad and it's like that's not even including times he was, you know. He's had times where he's been suspended for 60 days. He's had times where he's been out for a while with injury or out because of family problems or even just bras he shows up to and he's not in a match. So you're talking about at least every once every two days he's doing something wrestling related and it's, just, it's absolutely mad to think about. He talks about the Last Ride series, cheap plug, <laughs> for the WWE Network uh, by Edge saying he was still retired when he was interviewed for that and he was saying he doesn't know when like maybe Undertaker doesn't know when to retire and he's fearful that that's him basically he talks about again it's like <laughs> Matt Hardy recently spoke on the I'm just going on a tangent here the Talk is Jericho podcast about how when Vince McMahon seen the broken Matt laugh that's all it became like do the laugh again do the laugh again At the minute, the Edge thing seems like, talk about your grit, talk about your grit, talk about how much it means to you just to be here. It's like, I don't want to see that Edge. I want to see Dickhead Edge. I want to see Edge who's a total arsehole. I want to see Rated R Superstar. I want to see Edge that will do anything to be a world heavyweight champion. And I've not got a problem with Edge Randy Orton. I think it will be a great match. Greatest match ever, I think, is a bit of a stretch. But just this whole thing, this this segment, it's a rare miss from Edge. It's the one bad thing Edge has done, in my opinion, since his comeback. Look, promo-related.
0: Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I love Edge. I've always loved Edge. It. He's my favourite all-time. I don't think it's going to take an awful lot for someone to surpass him off my... As much as I, I, I go about how much I love like, Seth Rollins right now, he's, he's nowhere in comparison to what Ed has been like for me, he's been, the the character's gripped me in and whatnot but he was a load of shite this week <laughs> <laughs> I was just it was a load of shit, I was just sparing absolute shite then just going on a bit oh, but I was talking in the past, this is now and I will win, that was it he spent, it took him four and a half minutes to say that I, oh, no. Nah i'm sorry but it was it was not the one and everything that you say has worked for him up until this point but you can just tell that like even on his t-shirts and that it says grit on it with the rated r logo like Vince was saying you need to say grit and you need to say it and make it seem believable that you have grit and it's being drummed down our throats and i'm nah Sorry, Edge. It's, it's an it's no offer from me this week. You've weighed yourself down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we could get into it more, but I mean, there's no point in really ranting more. You know what I mean? We, we enjoyed the iconic segment. Let's just, let's go back to another segment that was really enjoyable, eh? All right, let's go. And that's the United States Championship match, Apollo Crews versus Andrade. So, just just for context here, Jack, um obviously the past few weeks you you've been watching the Raw clips because you've been working from home. Whereas because I've been doing the night shift and finishing early, I've been watching like the full three hours of Raw. I was at my work this morning, about five o'clock, I took my my a break and I seen that they've uploaded Andrade Apollo. And I'm like, right, I'm gonna watch this now because I've got a feeling either in the big group chat we've got or on Twitter or, you know, maybe somebody text me about it. I'm going to get this title match spoiled for me. I'd like to sit and watch it and not know who's going to win. And I clicked on the YouTube link and it comes up comments. Comments are at the top of the video now. And literally, as I clicked on it, someone had just commented, so glad to see Apollo finally win a title. You're like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I should have taken my chances was just watching it at home like it was just a piss off I was absolutely I was raging at that but I wasn't raging at Apollo winning a title uh, I think it's safe to say with the suspension and the whole um, like Zelina Vega's new faction and getting injured right before Wrestlemania Andrade's not had the United States title run we hoped he had, has he?
0: No, I think obviously the, the suspension or whatever it was, it, was it, it came out that like he wasn't able to travel to the the medical facility in time because of where he was located to do his like his, his standardised test, but he gave the alternative, like, I can do it here, but like, there's a facility I can do it at and they just said no, so they had to suspend him. So was bit, that was a bit unfortunate and then obviously the injury was unfortunate as well which is quite a bit of Bad luck the feel kind of title run. He hasn't. He didn't really have anything kind of any meaningful rivalries. What especially like even the Rey Mysterio stuff. It wasn't. It was good, but it's not exactly memorable that you could define that as being a peak moment in Andrade's career. That has there hasn't been that for him. And I think it's just the the title scars him with bad luck. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, um, we talk about the reign itself. The rain starts with beating Rey Mysterio at a non televised event at Madison Square Garden. Even though, you know, the match wasn't on TV, winning a title at Madison Square Garden for any performer is going to be like something special. You go from there to winning a great ladder match, the first Raw of 2020 on the pre show of Royal Rumble, beating Humberto Carrillo. He then gets suspended. He then comes back. And is first eliminated by R-Truth in the Tuwaki or Kuwaiti or whatever cup it it was at Super Showdown. Doesn't defend the title. He then defends the title at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. He's then put in the tag title match, not defending the title at WrestleMania, only to be injured and taken out of the match. He's then not on the Money in the Bank card. Like, at all. And then loses the title on an episode of Raw, so it, it's not really been a, as you said, there's not been a a great feud in there, and he's not he's not really set the world on fire, you know what
0: I mean? Aye, it's just it's I, I don't really know because when he got the belt put on him, that was probably the the most hope folk have had in a US champion since. Cena, I'd say besides Samoa Joe, obviously he got injured and whatnot. Besides Samoa Joe, with no one's had as much hope in a US champions had since John Cena than what you got with Andrade, but we just played with bad luck with being like injured, suspended and whatnot. And then just obviously this lockdown thing happening and whatnot, can't really get anything done. It was just they had to kinda of push something else forward. I think kind of ran its course because like he yeah, hadn't defended the title in like three, four months or whatever it is and it's just, it just one of those
1: things unfortunately yeah but great for Apollo Apollo a massively underutilised star um, he had a bit of a run with with Titus worldwide he had a couple of tag team title opportunities against the bar team with Titus O'Neill but it looked like they might be able to pick up the win he's He's been hampered with some injuries and then, you know, they're not really using his potential. A lot of people, myself included, thought they brought him up from NXT too soon because it was a case that he debuted at TakeOver SummerSlam weekend 2015 and he was on the main roster, WrestleMania 32, like the the raw after WrestleMania 32 and it was just, like, what what is this, you know? they clearly had nothing for him. If you did with the social outcast for a bit and then disappeared. So it's great to see him back. A lot of people were online. And obviously this is why you can't trust anything you see online. We're saying, Oh, he's been buried. You know, he's been taken out the, he's been taking out the money in the bank ladder match. Oh, this is, this is bullshit. This is this, this is that. The storyline was built up. He came back. He got his redemption. He's now the U S champion. And we talked about how Andrade didn't have a great like, feud or a great like, pay per view match. I'm thinking if they get the rematch of Backlash and maybe they do, like, these are two really equally matched competitors, I wouldn't mind them trading the title back and forward and having like, a really great feud for the US title.
0: <laughs> I, I'd be good to bring back an legitimacy that the, the title hasn't had in a very long time. It's like, I just dared. I'd enjoy that. It's something that we 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 predicted that like him coming out the one of the Mike Lanham match, I'd be into this. He'd go into this US title feud, and he'd be set up to win it. I, I still think that we might get the kind of the tag team title picture when Draddy and Garza again. But I I wouldn't be surprised if this feud keeps on going and they kind of hot potato the title a bit. But I would say though that I'm happy that Apollo won. I felt the finish was so underwhelming.
1: The the big
0: moonsault. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even feel that. I felt like it just kind of came out of nowhere. And then, like there was like even the the NXT stars or the de- de- developmental folk that were like the audience, they didn't even know that like that was that was the finish of the match. It just felt as if it happened so suddenly. That I was just like oh, oh okay, that's it. That's it. that's how I felt anyway. I don't know how you
1: felt. I, I, I personally didn't mind it Like I, I like the big The big power bomb Into the big You know Moonsault, like moonsault The guys You know A jacked up Superhero style You know Genetic freak <laughs> Who can do those Sort of moves So whenever I see I'm, I like pop I, I like it But I, I can not see what you mean um, Before we move on To the WWE title picture And close out the show You mentioned obviously Andrade going With Garza Maybe into the tag title scene we saw Angel Garza in a singles match with Kevin Owens Um, Andrade even though he attacked sorry Garza even though he attacked Kevin Owens' knee before the match uh, I was quite shocked to see him pick up the victory over Kevin Owens Uh, I thought that they had a really good match Owens sells the injury pretty good and you know the whole the whole match I thought was great Uh, Garza with the the wing clipper for the win and yeah, just another feud I'd be happy to see go forward. Obviously, it's just the start of it.
0: I'll be, I'll be as a as good as a good feud for Garza. Just to kind of, I'm trying to how, how work how best to want this to like kind of steady himself in the main brand. If that makes sense, like he's not had anything kind of proper since coming on. Obviously, he, he came on as a fella when Andrade was suspended. And then he just kind of floated around. He's just kind of as a kind of not background character a bit harsh but just kind of being in that faction scene he's not really done much else apart from that this is a good way to kind of solidify himself in the main brad as being like a a top tier kind of person especially getting the win over ones as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely um, and as you said like they, they could easily go into the tag division at a minute um, but we'll move on to the WWE title picture Um Bobby Lashley's new representative MVP hosted the VIP lounge with Drew McIntyre and I I really really like this MVP he 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 sort of showed a sinister side here, he said to, to Drew I knew for a fact that when Drew McIntyre fell and lost that WWE title, I would personally play a role in that and he talks about how Lashley's been waiting 13 years for another opportunity at the WWE title to which Drew says, it took me 19 years to get one opportunity at it, and I won it, which which I thought was great, you know. And uh, Drew says to MVP what he said to him back in January after winning the Royal Rumble, I don't need you kissing my ass, I don't need you talking for me, I don't need you representing me. Lashley does. So Lashley makes his way to the ring. You think there's going to be a fight. MVP turns his back and says, please welcome the new WWE champion. And before he can finish that sentence, Drew hits him with a massive claymore. The claymore's starting to become sort of like the RKO. It can come out of absolutely nowhere, and it looks devastating when he hits it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They were kind of hoping to fill that, like, especially it was like leading into the Royal Rumble, and then the Lesnar going into Mania, And it's certainly like proving well that he's being able to do that, especially he can just he can just hit it off the ropes, he can hit it standing, hit it running. He can just it can just literally hit it from anywhere and it makes it that much more devastating that it can ha- it can just happen at any time and just guarantee like instant damage.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And obviously another week another MVP promo, another absolutely out the park promo and him going back and forth with Drew I think it rose Drew up a wee bit because Drew can sometimes be a wee bit like the past few weeks. It's seemed he's been kind of corny with some of his jokes and that. And like, this was all business. This was sort of like when Drew was talking back and forward with Paul Heyman. And I think it really raised Drew McIntyre's game. I really enjoyed this promo.
0: I thought thought MVP was a stand-down here. He showed like... Why he, why he has always been kind of like one of the best in the business for his like talking skills and like being able to elevate anyone and anyone into that kind of pro into that kind of level of what a good pro needs to be and as you said like Drew was kind of stuck in the rut of being oh I'm the champ look at me look at my bell, I can do this I can do that he brought the serious side back which is needed especially for this feud that's going to be kind of killer versus killer
1: mm. yeah absolutely um Lashley doesn't get in the ring he instead opts to take MVP backstage uh, Later on in the night We see MVP and Bobby Lashley Teaming up to take on the Street Profits In a wrestling match and not a golf contest Imagine that um, <laughs> The Raw Tag Team Champions I think it's their first match since Two weeks after WrestleMania, I believe Sorry, the, their first match since Before Money in the Bank When Viking Raiders beat them in a singles match There you go Lashley and MVP, Lashley is just running amok MVP gets the tag, looks like he's about to be pinned and then Lashley runs in and it seems he's using the master lock now ironic since he was the guy that like broke out of that hold and he hits Montez Ford with a, the master lock Fold passes out, Lashley refused to let him go as the illegal man Lashley and MVP get DQ'd and then that's when Big Drew comes out, and th- this feud is what wrestling to me should be. It's just two big superhero esque jacked guys knocking seven shades of shit out of each other, and I, I absolutely loved. It. I don't usually like a pull apart brawl. This one I actually quite enjoyed. It's like
0: I was I was speaking to us about Pal Adam the other day, and Adam Adams only watched wrestling once when he came round to my for Wrestlemania last year And he enjoyed it But he's, he's always said to me He regrets not watching Wrestling when he was younger Because he never got to Experience wrestling Wrestling as a kid And I feel that, like See being a kid right now Watching Drew And Bobby going at it I, It's it's proper Like brilliant stuff The same as what Lesnar was Because it's too kind of It's too larger than Like characters You know They're both like Six foot Three and above I think Drew's six five And like Bobby's like Sixty or whatever They're both absolutely huge and they've both got the killer kind of instinct in them that is the kind of larger-than-life characters that they display that can grip folk into it. And, like, from what, what we used to watch, if when we were kids and you saw, like, your Triple H and your John Cena, look back like, when they were kind of young and in their prime and whatnot,
1: to what, well, this is what that was back then, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I do get you. And, obviously, wrestling back when we watched it when we were, when we were younger... It was like Land of the Giants. You know, you had Undertaker, Kane, Big Show, the legend that is Kurgan. And, like, as the the wrestling business changed and people like, you know, this isn't a bad way or a knock, but people like AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and sort of the smaller, more naturally athletic guys came into wrestling. Guys like Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley just seemed to look that much bigger, if you get me? Yeah. Because, you know... When the wrestler moves down to the average height, the guys that are 6'3", 6'5", which is naturally tall anyway, just look like absolute beasts. And WWE have done a great job since WrestleMania, since the loss to Aleister Black and his wee flirtation with being with MVP, to make Lashley an absolutely unhinged monster who's sick of losing... And since the Royal Rumble, they've made Drew McIntyre look. I don't think any star has looked better than Drew McIntyre for a while. Like he he's been sensationally booked.
0: I like. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I mentioned in our raw report when we were working our of first starting it. Like the the booking of Drew been really good, especially I think it was it was Drew, AJ, and. Randy Orton when they were kinda all vying against each other about who was going to win the Royal Rumble. And this was like back the start of December, like before there was even the inkling of thought that Drew was going to win it. And Drew won the triple threat against them. You're like, that's that's quite a big deal. Like no one expected Drew to win that. Then you kinda the the the, the thoughts and the feelings set in. Like he's got he's gonna do this. And then from that moment where he's kinda he wasn't he wasn't a heel anymore. He was just like I want to fight. His promo work had just gone miles better. His performances his performance at Royal Rumble was spectacular. Everything from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania was spectacular for Drew. With especially with Heyman kinda elevating him a bit as well. And then the selling of Lesnar. And it's just he's he's been the best book star in a very long time, in
1: the I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with that. And obviously, the million dollar question, Jack, we've you know, we sat here every week hoping for Bobby Lashley to be pushed. We've got Bobby Lashley an MVP like we pined for for weeks. I say we because I, I'm embarrassed that I basically grit on this podcast and demanded it. Um, but do you think Bobby Lashley actually has a chance at backlash?
0: Uh I'm gonna s I am going to I do not know if it's gonna be now or the next pay-per-view, but I can see Drew dropping it depending on the situation with coronavirus and SummerSlam. Because I feel that they might want to give Drew the kinda the the hero's ceremony deserves the fans of winning the title. Mm-hmm. And if they're gonna drop it to anyone, Bobby Lash is a good shout to drop it to to then pick it back off of. Mm-hmm.
1: I think, as much as I want it to happen, and I, I do like dramatic It's just the fact that I've been backing Bobby Lashley that I now feel really invested in him. That he's been booked. Well, I think Drew's still going to retain. I think he is like the guy that is more there, you know, at the minute with Drew. And I do think, depending on the situation with SummerSlam. I think that's when Brock will make his return. If crowds are allowed back in for SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar will get his rematch for the WWE title and that'll be your SummerSlam main event. I mean this
0: this is a lot of Scott what can happen. It? It's quite it's quite a good
1: fruitful time in the WWE title picture scene. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, that's why you know the Ryan's have talked on the SmackDown show Anyway Back to the Wrestling that, you know. A lot of the feuds are a bit pish, and you know there's a lot of stars not there. You know they've got AJ Styles now on SmackDown. That's a big get for SmackDown. You would not have noticed AJ Styles was not on this Raw. Like, you know, it was away off just about every Raw after WrestleMania. He came back the Raw before Money in the Bank, and then that was him. You know what I mean? He it didn't make a big impact because Raw at the minute, from top to bottom, maybe minus the women's division. Is stacked.
0: I definitely just I don't you don't even really see a place on Raw for AJ Styles now. He's kinda of done everything that he can do apart from in the title, but it would take a while to kinda of build that back up, especially on Raw, the brand names on the form losing to the Undertaker. So like the, the switch to SmackDown makes sense, especially when there isn't kinda of anyone of a level that he
1: is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm no no absolutely I do get you um, but unfortunately that is all the time we've got here on the Raw Report um, just a reminder you can listen to this and previous episodes of the Raw Report as well as Any Way Back to the Wrestling Saturday Draft Live Alba Good Graps, East Meets West Power Trip and so so much more there's so many more shows I haven't mentioned because we've got so much on Suplex Retreat Extra iTunes, Anchor Spotify and Android And while you're on those listening podcasts, if you just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, you can find our main channel, which is absolutely loaded to the brim, at Suplex Retweet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And as always, if you can't remember that, suplexretweet.com, that'll give you all the links anywhere you need to go. We'll be back next week to discuss the WWE title picture, the ever-blossoming iconics, the Remy Retirement Ceremony, which I think, seeing as it's Seth Rollins hosting it, is going to be absolutely fantastic. But until then, Jack, thank you very much for joining us. Aye, thank you, Ross. We'll We we'll be back next week and enjoy the week, guys. Do you right.